is a journey you are now tuned in. Welcome to, to the, the Be Extraordinary Podcast. Podcast. Let's go! Welcome to the Be Extraordinary Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, how y'all doing today? Good. Welcome to the well, Be uh, Extraordinary In the meantime, Podcast. welcome. Let's go! Welcome to the Extraordinary Podcast.
a couple of more days of celebration. Now we're going to show you a video. This video will be part of our check-in because we will read this. We were everywhere, but we were still on the Oh, that's okay. Well, you have two more days to, to figure something out as well, like everybody else. <laughs> we were somewhere this, this summer uh, uh, in Eugene, Oregon. And I want to show you this slide. I'm so excited about, uh, about what we're going to show you. So take a peek at this slide. Talitha Diggs will remember that race for the rest of her life when she raced Alison Felix in her last national championships. But now here comes Talitha Diggs. And Alison Felix now takes a short lead. Diggs, Felix, Diggs, Felix. The NCAA champion and national champion. Alison Felix gets her gold. Well, that was our little shameless plug, and that was one of our check-ins. But then we want to show this race as well, because this was the race that um, that really uh, kind of capped up everything for Talitha going to the World Championships. The 49 No, not that one. The World the uh, USA. Right for the Nike Women's 400-meter final. Well, I know and there are lots of athletes right to talk now. about, but there is one athlete that everybody's looking at, because Alison Felix, the queen of the track had to dig hard yesterday in her semi. Raise your hand. At Joe Time Fitness, we meet you where you are. So keep running the video. Make this final her last national championship final on time. Twenty-nine world and Olympic medals, and among those twenty are gold. The most decorated track and field athlete in Olympic history, representing Athleta, Allison Felix. Allison has said she will cherish every moment of this weekend. She's going to run her last official race on August 7th at home in Los Angeles so she can be around family and friends. But this is the last time we'll see her at a national championships. Pretty cool moment. Yeah, so 21 years after her first national championship, she is here for her last. And you heard all of her accolades. But to me, it's more important because she has endeared millions, tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of Americans. Oh, no, he didn't mean. Oh, maybe Time I should. The Nike been. Women's 400 meter. Well, if you, you just. Know why? Because he, it's tough. He's, yeah. he's going through the like yes. Well, this is what happens. We've been away for a while, and, uh, you know, sometimes we get, get little glitches, but one if you can just get back to the beginning of the race, yeah, that'd be great. Back. It'd be great. Right there. Right there. Hard to right, she doesn't do that. Now. Typically, she likes to come from behind at the yeah, end. But I think Allison got a favorable late draw being out in lane nine. I'm going to ask you that. You like that? Yeah, it's better than one, right? Better so, than the semi. Absolute great lane for her. She won't see anybody big turns, and she's been here so many times before. Felix in nine, Talitha digs in six. Nike Women's 400 final. One more time at the national championships for Allison Felix. Top of your screen. Nine. You can tell Allison means business because she has gone through that first hundred faster than any other round so far at these championships. And that is what she's going to need to do to be able to try to snag a spot on this team is to get away from them. She can't fall asleep, however, on this far turn. And I've seen her do that in two races this season. Right now we see Lena Irby in lane seven there really trying to take this race because nobody Everybody else is stepping up. Where's Talitha Diggs? She's a little bit off the pace there. There's Kendall Ellis also coming off the turn. Yeah, I if this is going to be quite the finish. Talitha Diggs is going to have to dig deep in blue. Kendall Ellis, center of your screen, has the leap. And now here comes Talitha Diggs. Really pushing hard towards the end. And she's going to win this national championship. The NCAA champion and national champion. That was impressive, Lee, for her to give up something else you rarely find somebody that was that race qualified her to make the um world championships and then we went back to eugene oregon where she got a gold medal mm -hmm. in the four by four she did not make the finals in the open 400 but it was a great learning yes. experience so that is our check-in uh for for us does anyone have a check-in if you do you can raise your hand if not 
you can put it in the chat. And if not, then we're gonna keep it moving, but we wanna make sure that we hear from you because you are very important to us. Without you, we don't have a, have a show. We're just talking to an empty screen. So thank everybody for being part of the show. Um, the next guest that we have on will be our friend, our Olympian friend. He has a medal and he is also the NCAA champion as Talitha was. His name is Obadeli Thompson. He is from Barbados and he has an outstanding uh, resume. And I'm just gonna read uh, a little bit of who he is and give you a basic idea. He is an Olympian. Uh, he has a medal from the Olympic Games. He's a multiple NCAA champion, author, speaker, attorney. He was unrecruited in high school. He reached out to UTEP, that's the University of Texas, El Paso. He got a scholarship there. He became an academic All-American, a four-time NCAA Division I champion. He also ran globally for a decade, uh, winning the 100-meter dash. Uh, a medal at the Sydney Olympics, and he's an author of a book. He has he had uh, two NCAA records, two world records, uh, and he's also a practicing attorney. So that is who we are uh, have as our guest. We're in the midst of excellence and greatness, and we always say it's about being extraordinary. And, and Overdale is definitely extraordinary. So the next face that you're going to see on this screen will be that of our guest, Obodeli Thompson. Hello, how are you? I'm wonderful, how are you doing? I'm doing good, you look good over there. Thank you, yeah. so that, do y'all. <laughs> yes, yes, we do, thank you very much. You know, sometimes when we come back, there are some glitches at times, but as athletes, you know, we can't uh, just focus on that, we have to keep moving forward. So that's what we've been doing, so thank you for being patient with us as we get everything together. This is our first time on YouTube. Uh, we're on the YouTube channel right now. We're going live on- uh, Joetta says a lot of things with the word owl. I just go along for the ride. So yes, it's our first time on YouTube. Thank well, you. go ahead, tell the YouTube channel. <laughs> now I'm not gonna go- <laughs> Whatever she says, let's go. Come on, Tyrone, no, I'm just YouTube saying, channel. What YouTube channel? I don't know anything. <laughs> Obadelli, he's being bad. Tell the channel. The, the, the be Extraordinary or the Joe Time? The Which Joe one? Time. The Joe Time. I'm fitness YouTube channel. Yes. yes. That's where we are. So if you see us there, you can also go over there. But Obadelli, seriously, we're going to get back to you. And our first phase will be uh, runners to your mark. So if you could just walk us through your beginning uh, athletic career. And uh, we're going to start with you said that in your book, which we talk about that as well, that you were not recruited, but you must have been good because you thought you should get, should get a scholarship and you reached out to colleges. So could you talk about that for a while? Yeah, well, before we even jump into that, I, yeah. I will say it's been a great year seeing Talitha do what she did. Um, I got a chance, you know, at Texas Relays to meet yes. her with you all. Um, that was my first and only time of actually meeting her, but I watched her indoors um, mm. perform extraordinarily and then to come outdoors and win the NCAA championships and to do it again at the U.S. Nationals. That was amazing. So, so even seeing those races again reminded me of how great a season she had. Um, yeah. Moving into my background, I'm originally from Barbados. And uh, the thing about Barbados is we were known for our, of course, beautiful beaches, uh, incredible weather and cricketers, but we yeah. were you known for, for athletics and track and field. And so coming up, uh, my first Olympic games that I watched was 1984. And I saw Carl Lewis repeat Jesse Owens, amazing feat of winning four gold medals. Yes. And then fast forward another four years and watching the 1988 Olympics. And then finally by 1992, I had started to win competitions regionally and particularly in the 100 meters. And that was when it really came into my mind around 1991, 1992, that you know what? I wanna see if I can go to the Olympics too. Yes. And so what happened was I was unrecruited because at that time, this is pre-internet. So everyone knew Jamaica, but yeah. they didn't know Barbados. So even though I was beating the Jamaicans in my age group, 
no one reached out to me. So I remember in 1993, I was 17 years old, uh, my, my club coach, uh, his name was uh, Anthony Lovell, he, he was deceased several years, but he and I said, you know, um, let's reach out to some schools. So two schools that I looked at, one was UTEP because they had Olapade Denikin, the Nigerian who won the 100 and 200 meter titles in the 1992 NCAA championships. He set the 100 meter record and he, was, he made the Olympic finals in 1992 in the 100 and 200. And he was the only person to beat Linford Christie Man. that season, have a positive race record against him. I think he beat him four times to three, right? I was a nerd back then. Uh, <laughs> so, so I said, you know, if 1996 is coming up, that's one place I want to consider because there's a coach that knew how to develop an athlete, not just for the NCAA uh, at the NCAA level, but to have them also be ready to go on to the Olympic Games. The other place that I looked at was University of Southern California, USC, because of course they had, uh, he would then become the Olympic champion, Quincy Watts. And I was always a fan of people who were smooth runners. Yes. So I called UTEP and the coach, he's now retired, Bob Kitchens. I, I remember his Texas accent, you know, he, he, he had her in the phone and he didn't even know where Barbados was. And he said, hold on. And he went to look at a globe because he had a globe in his office to figure out where Barbados was. So wow. we described it to him. So he never saw me run ever. And it's over time of just giving him results and calling him and then sometimes calling me that we developed a relationship. So the first time I, I never went on any recruiting visits or anything. The first time I actually went to UTEP was when I went there for orientation as a freshman. But, you know, like so many other great people, sometimes you, you need a greater vision for yourself than others may be able to see at yeah. that time. And yeah. I think that was uh, given to me in no small part, you know, by my parents. Uh, I believe my parents are on this call. My, my dad was a, an athlete who didn't have the same opportunities, but he was from Guyana. Okay. And, and um, he became Jamaican national champion when he was a student in Jamaica at university in 1963. And he was also British universities, which is equivalent to NCAA champion, I believe in 1966. So he knew a lot. So he was there to guide me. And of course, my mom and my longtime coach who also passed away several years, a uh, few years ago, Mr. Frank uh, Blackie Blackman and my high school coach, Orlando Green, they were all behind me, you know, really encouraging me that I could do it. And I mean, that's amazing that at your age and with the guidance of your parents, that you were able to advocate for yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, that speaks volumes to who you are now as a, as a man, but the seeds were planted early on. So when we say runners to your mark, I guess the first thing that you had to do was advocate for yourself and, and believe yeah. in your ability, even though no one has, has seen you. Uh, Tyrone always talks about be who you're meant to be, and you were doing that uh, at, you know, at 17 and probably a little bit earlier as well. Yeah, and you know, I played other sports. I was <laughs> a big big into basketball, but of course I'm just five, nine, uh, you know, okay. I have long legs. My legs are the legs of a, a six footer, but okay. the rest of my body, body isn't there. Mm -hmm. um, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it to the point that my high school coach, one day he saw me missing track practice because I actually didn't become as serious about track until I was around 16 years old, 16, mm -hmm. 17. Yes. So he saw me out on the court playing, you know, pickup game with, with my friends after school. And he cussed me out in front of everyone, even to this day, my friends who, you know, remember that because yes. he's, his thing was, look, you got a chance to get an athletic scholarship. Why are you out here jeopardizing it, playing basketball and there's no right. future? And at that stage, being 16 or 17, however old I was, probably 16, I didn't really understand it all. But fortunately, he was there to also provide guidance and and he, was, uh, he went to the Seton Hall University and he won an NCAA championship with them in the four by four. So he understood what it took. He was an Olympian and he coached an Olympic team. Mm -hmm. So I was really fortunate from early on to have people who really saw a vision and, and I latched onto that. And I also dreamed bigger than that too. And that's just amazing because um, I always tell my athletes when I coached 15 years in high school, um, when they first came out for track and field, what other sport did they compete in? And what other sport did they like? And just like you said, Willie, Deli, you, they liked basketball, um, football, 
um, soccer. They liked all the contact sports. <laughs> so a lot of times when they would come to practice and I would have to make stuff up. So even when, if they liked it, I would put a, a, a soccer ball in the middle of the field and let them play before practice, the whole team. So it gives them a little bit of, okay, I'm doing what I'm doing. So when he comes over here and giving me these hurdles and stuff, now I'm gonna do what I, he wants me to do. So I always, even the basketball, sometimes I let the boys, they couldn't rough each other up, but they could shoot yeah. a little bit in the gym. Girls, I let them do a little bit of volleyball stuff. So I always put what they liked in it because what happens when I used to tell Joetta when she ran, everything, or oh, when I ran, and you also, once you get to that point where you're an athlete, college, pro, whatever, it, they don't want you to do anything else. You're almost, you know, nothing. <laughs> so. Well, you, you know, Uncle Deli, uh, thank you for sharing that, especially with your, your background with the parents. And we're going to get uh, to the fact that you being a, an attorney. But uh, when you came here, you were an athlete, but you also had to be smart because oh, you yeah. ended up uh, in your four years at UTEP. You got all these academic awards, uh, Academic All-American, Conference All-American, NCAA honor, uh, honor roll. So could you speak to the importance of, of being athletic, but also uh, being a student academically? Yeah, I, once again, it goes, I think, back to, to my parents. And my dad, he is a retired university professor of, of West African and Caribbean history. So when I used to compete internationally, the Nigerians would come over and they'd say, Obadele, are, are, you, are you Nigerian? And, Forget my poor Nigerian accent. I say no, <laughs> right? But it's that my father was a West African historian. So he, he gave uh, me and uh, my two sisters, uh, my parents gave us African names. But that strong tradition in terms of academics is just also what you do. So I was fortunate to grow, to grow up seeing him uh, writing books and being a professor. And one thing that he, he, so my dad only spoke to me about academics, I think three, three or so times in my life. One was, and he, did, he didn't know this, was a, a grade in math when I was in high school. And some of the guys in, the, in my class decided to see who could have the lowest grade, right? Oh, Which is an extremely stupid thing to do, right? So my, my dad is probably listening. He never heard this term. Wow. But me, the idiot, not understanding it's a joke, Right, so you're not trying to get absolutely, you're, you're trying to pass, but barely pass. Yes. And I'm that person, and the rest of them, when you look, when final grades came out, no one else was doing it, you know? <laughs> and I remember my dad speaking to me about that. It was very, you know, my dad, when he really wants to get a message through, he doesn't, he's not long-winded. You know, he, he has a famous saying, you and me are gonna become bad friends. And that's it. We're going to become bad friends. Yeah. So it was that. And then um, in college, you know, before I went to college, one thing he did encourage me to do, he said, school will always be there, but try to do the best that you can. So doors are open up later on. Like it, I didn't know if I was going to be good enough to have a track career, but he yeah. said, try to do as good as you can. So what I did with classes was I got a B in my first four semesters. So the first two years I got a B, I got A's and then one B in each semester. And then yes. I said, no more of this. And then I got A's for, for the rest because what I did was I challenged myself. Mm -hmm. I would come in on the first day of class and I would say to myself, I want an A in this class. And I remember one, one teacher in particular, my, one, one of my economics uh, professors, he said, listen, you're gonna be disappointed and I'm gonna be disappointed. <laughs> in yeah. this class. And I took that as a challenge. Like this guy doesn't think that I can get an A yeah. in his class. Mm -hmm. and, I, and, and that was my mentality. It's the same way that I looked at, at track is, okay, it's just another challenge. Let's go. And yeah. so what do you do? You make the sacrifices, you figure out how you're gonna get ahead. So I talked to, to one, of the, the for, one of his former students who is now the head coach at, at UTEP. And he took his class and he gave me some tips. He said, hey, this That's particular it. guy, this particular guy, this is what he likes. This is what he does not that's like. That's right. And, and that's what you're doing when you want to, when you want to get mm -hmm. ahead. You ask people who've been there before, and if you can't directly reach out to them, thankfully we have the internet, so many resources now that we can do that. So it was basically just taking my mindset of a track athlete and transferring that to the classroom and say, hey, this is what I'm going for, and I, I'll do what it takes to get there. That's right. 
And you know, we I, I'm listening to you talk about, about being an athlete, and I think some nuggets that I want to share with the audience. I, and again, if you have any questions, you just raise your hand and or put the comments or question in the, in the chat box and we'll, we'll get back to you. But you said three things. You said uh, you're an athlete, uh, you advocated for yourself, and don't be afraid to ask. And I think that uh, athletically and in business, those are three A's. I'm going to use those. Uh, you have to advocate for yourself. Uh, you, you know, we're af athletic or academic, depending mm -hmm. on what you are. And yep. then advocate for yourself and, 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 and ask. And so often we don't we do not do that. And uh, I guess you have to also apply the knowledge yeah. and this, uh, other things mm -hmm. as well. So we have those four. We have those four. I know. I want to use those on our lecture circuit. <laughs> exactly. And I give and, and, you for that. And I, I you know, like what you said about uh, hearing what he thought about you when he said, we're, we're, we're going to have a situation. And the first thing you said, no, 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 no. I'm going to have to go ahead and reapply myself and get ready to get past what you think I'm not going to do. You know, I tell people that all the time. The first thing that comes out of somebody's mouth on me, you're looking at me and telling me that, no, 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 no. I'm a, and what your friend did was come up to you and tell you how to get past those hurdles. You know, no, no, do this, do that. You know, no, you're not faking them out. You're just playing chess with them. <laughs> yeah, and you and you listened. Yeah, and you listened. And as mm -hmm. a result, you know, you did well. We're at a point now where we're at our break right now. But does anyone have a a question on this first segment? And then we're going to go to our health tips. And you don't go anywhere because we're going to come back yeah. to you. We have a lot of questions that we want to ask, and and I'm sure our audience does as well. And we, when we come back, we're going to transition into your um, some races. We're going to talk about you being over in Europe and that whole circuit. I was a little bit before you, and I think I might have caught a little bit of your, your races yeah. over in European. I remember seeing you there, but talk about the European circuit. Talk about this great book here, yes. The Secrets of a Champion, how we can go about getting that. We're going to talk about how people can have you come in and speak to them. You are an amazing motivational speaker, and we you do a lot of speaking um, to schools about student athletes, and so we're going to talk about all that. But in between time, in the meantime, we're going to go to our Joe Time health tips. We have a health tip. We have a health tip. Is this fall? Yes, it's fall. Okay. So what are we going to do in the fall? We're fall back. We're going to fall back. No, we don't want to fall back. Okay. <laughs> we want to fall forward in, so. in uh, gut bacteria and gut health. Oh, you read my stuff, Joe. Yes, I'm cheating. Okay. I'm cheating. So let me slide this over. Oh, that's fine. I can read it. Okay. That's me? Yeah, that's you. Okay. Okay. Um, for this health tip, I was thinking about uh, a couple of things because it's been a minute since we were in front of you guys. I think mm, June. June. That was our last time. So July, August, we had no, you know, face to face. But what happened was a lot of my friends kept saying that they had situations with their gut. So I just did a lot of my homework and was figuring out things to just give you guys. So um, the first thing is nearly 70 million Americans are, are affected by digestive diseases from irritable bowel syndrome. Uh, Joetta can say that word. She said it earlier. <laughs> we'll say it since she said it. Ah, uh, forgot. <laughs> Gastro. Gastro. Gal. Reflex. Yes. yes. Disease. Sounds good. Good. Okay. Um, your family and genetic genetic history and how your body is built affects your gut. People don't realize that. So sometimes you can be affected by your family history. Um, try to control stress levels and diet, clear toxins, fight against disease and boost your mood. Your mood plays a lot of how you feel. If you're mad all the time, you, you put bad thoughts and things in your body, it's gonna affect your gut. This right here is so important. Okay, a healthy gut has a good balance of bacteria, helping your body process and get energy from the foods you eat. Okay, you good? So symptoms of a bad gut. Just look on the screen. I'm not gonna go through everything, but when you feel tired, you have trouble sleeping, people with chronic fatigue may have imbalance in their gut. You have extreme food cravings like sugar, like sugar, like sugar. I don't That's have to our, no, I know. <laughs> Me and Joe Weddy, we don't have our palate is a little bit different. 
Um, you have unintentional weight gain or loss. You have skin irritations. You have autoimmune problems and you have frequent mood changes. Again, mood, the way your mood is, okay? Um, so these are some of the tips um, to balance your gut. And, uh, these are some of the things that I have. Um, it's a probiotic, you guys can see it. I do one or two. This is a liquid form. I actually get this from Whole Food. And this right here is a pill form. This is really good, it's, it's strong, but it's good. It's raw probiotics for men. And it says 85 billion you know, strands and things like that, that it, it takes care of, okay? So probiotics are really good. Um, limit your processed food, um, eat slow or slower. You know, those fast eaters try to slow down, give your food time to digest and things like that. Um, elim eliminate food intolerance, uh, drink water, a lot of water, agua, just drink a lot of water, just flush your system. Exercise regularly, get enough sleep. And the last thing is talk to your doctor because a healthy gut is what we're looking for. Okay, so give me that. And we'll always go to our, our bottom line is a healthy gut will make you look and feel better. So that's our Joe Time health tip. Thank you, Tyrone, mm -hmm. for always doing the amazing job. We have some questions that we're going to get to. Um, when we, when we uh, let you in, uh, just uh, say your name, get specifically to the question that we're dealing with right now. So um, the next one we're going to let in is the real man. Um, Mike Williams. Mike Williams. Okay, Mike, ask your question. Oh, take, you're muted. Okay, you're muted, Mike. Okay. Okay, how about now? Yeah, you have a question for Oba Deli? Okay, yes. So <clears throat> the question that I have is I work with uh, several athletes um, and what I'm running into these days, and I want you to speak on um, the types of things that need to happen in order for, you know, you to have success about, you know, maybe staying on track, doing the things that you're supposed to do. Can you, can you talk about your experience with uh, your determination and, and the types of things that you did, whether you did went above and beyond um, some of the things that you were supposed to do and things like that um, to try to stay focused to um, achieve your goals? Yeah, that's a, good question. Thank you. That's a really good question. Um, so I, I think you touched on the answers right there. Now the question becomes, how do you communicate this to your athletes? And it's something that I struggle with at times, even with the athletes that I mentor. So I, mentor, I still mentor athletes who are high school to college and pros. And I'm a parent, so, you know, <laughs> I think parents always have this uh, when they're dealing with their kids. But I think one of the first things is to create a genuine interest in what they're gonna be doing. So if they're interested in it, then they spend time, you know? So companies have figured out how to make people interested in spending a lot of time on social media or watching shows on Netflix or, or these type of things. So everyone has a particular interest and how that interest is de developed and, and nurtured is really important because once it's there, then they get a chance to do something. Tyrone was talking before about athletes who like to play basketball or, or some other sport. So it might be using something, finding out what they're interested in right now, and then seeing if you can get that to transfer into the things that you want them to do. So for me, one of the greatest experiences that I had was my high school coach. I, I was determined, you know, I, I, I said to him, I want to be the best junior in, and he said, the world. Now, for me, I was just thinking, I just wanted to be the best junior in the Caribbean, right? right, right. But when he, when he said that, it exploded my mind, right? And sometimes you have to give uh, people a bit, like, you have to crack open the door so that they can see a bigger vision for themselves. And then for that particular person, just being able to speak in their language and bring things that are happening in their life and try to connect that to them devoting more time to something that would be meaningful so that they can realize something bigger for themselves. Because I think when you start to see that the bigger 
is possible for you specifically, then it becomes easier to go after it. And hopefully what you also do is you try to encourage them to get around others who are also thinking big. Right. So my, 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 um, my longtime coach, uh, Mr. Frank Blackman, he used to say, Oba, I'm going to create these shirts called Think Big. Mm-hmm. And, and that was really it. It's, it's to say, look, here's what, here's what all these other people are doing. Here's where you are. You can get there. Th- these are the steps. Let's just see if it's possible. Let's see what you're interested in. Let's see what you're talented at. And then start to nourish and encourage that. And, and the encouragement part is really important, especially with young people. Uh, there's just so much out there that really, I think, in a sense, discourages young people because they see people who are famous, they see influencers, they see all this stuff, and they don't see the process. And sometimes it's discouraging because you don't know how to get there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they just promote the people that are there without the backstory. And so sometimes being able to, to tell them a, about a story, for example, you might, might have your favorite races uh, I, that an athlete that you coach, like, okay, say they were on the hundred meters. Yes. It might be interesting just to get a collage of yeah. videos of, you know, here's some of the greats, you know, here's Jim Hines, here's Bob Hayes, here's, you know, a Donald Quarry, a, a Carl Lewis, and, and just, Show them the races and talk through like, hey, look at the backstory, you know, in this particular race. Look what they did. Look who else was in the race. So, so I think those type of things are, are important to get in that type of commitment, involvement from, from the younger people, especially. I'm going to stop you on that. Thank you for taking a break. I know Tyrone has a question, but I want to kind of tie this together because we also have people in business on this call. And if you can uh, briefly before we go to a video of you. If you can uh, give us some nuggets for business people um, when they're also struggling in that area. I always say business and sports and business parallel. And so if you can draw a quick parallel for our people that are in business uh, to that question, I'd I'd appreciate that. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's interesting because you had sent me a link to a video, I believe it's with Don Jones. Was it Don Jones? Yes. Uh, And... And he was in the fashion industry. And one of the things that he said is in terms of getting a mentor. And I, that's one of the things that I strongly believe in. It's mm-hmm. mentorship, having someone that you can model after. And especially when you get stuck in a rut, I think being able to communicate with someone who's been there and done that before. So sometimes these people may not be as easily as accessible, but as I mentioned, there's so much available now on YouTube. So even if you don't have that direct mentor, that you can be mentored by listening to interviews and these type of things and realize that like business, like many other aspects of life, there's going to be a lot of downtime. And it's often what you do in those downtimes, the lessons that you learn. So being able to take life lessons, convert that knowledge into useful experience, it's, it's the key thing that determines how successful you'll be. And just realizing that, you know, it's hard work. You know, they, they always talk about seeing the swan uh, gracefully on the pond, yeah. but you don't know their, their feet are moving like crazy, mm-hmm. but we don't mm-hmm. see that. And just, just realizing that um, you're not alone. Even if it's a novel idea that you're working on, there is a good chance that someone else has been in that experience. So I find things like biographies of people. Um, I'm constantly watching, you know, and uh, people who have from different walks of life. So even though it might be one sphere of business that you're in, something that someone else did in another sphere is is, could be useful because I I believe that God has put universal principles, you know, like seed time harvest, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you you reap what you you sow, you reap what you sow, right? And that's where we are right now. We're in the part now where we're falling off and we want you to fall forward for your, as Tyrone said, for your health, for your health, for your wellness, for your everything a lot of times people get to the point where they scared they're 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 scared to fall scared to fail but you learn from that you know i remember the first time i ever ran the hurdles you know i'm jumping so high and my coach used to look at me and say boy why are you jumping over the hurdles i said because i don't want to fall get to the first race click the first hurdle fall down and was oh it ain't that bad and from that point on, never got scared again. But at practice, I was like, if I clip this hurdle, man, and you know, girls around, I don't want to fall. I'll get into the beat. Like, 
just blowing through the hurdles and I fall. So we used to always say, listen, that's what we want to do. Once you fall or fail, we want to figure out how to not do it again. And if you do it again, we're going to figure out how to not do it again. You know? (laughs) Make sure you fall facing up because if you look up, you can get up. (laughs) That's important. We have a video that we want to show you. You don't know about this video, but I'm sure you you do know about it. But what we're going to do is... um, is going to make you smile, I hope. So let's show this video of you in your UTEP orange at the NCAA meet where you set a collegiate record. Ah, there you go. <laughs> now, do you want the to The men's 200 over? meters is next. And again, a field of four, and they will I'll run after. from the outside lanes, beginning in lanes three, four, and five. I'll, I'll give you a little bit more. I'll, You're looking I'll, at Elvis. I'll tell you this after. The men's 200 meters is next. And again, a field of four, and they will run from the outside lanes, beginning in lanes three, four, and five. This is indoors, and it's just one lap. Elvis Whitted from North Carolina State on the outside in lane five, wearing the white colors of LSU. That is Roshan Griffin, who was fifth last year. In lane four, Obadelli Thompson. In lane three, Brad Fields. And you feel real good about Obadelli, don't you? World junior record holder at the 100-meter distance. Also looked very impressive in the 55-meter qualifying rounds. A little bit of a disadvantage by being in lane four. The outside lanes are the best lanes, five and six, but at least he can look up ahead at his competition, Larry. He ran 20.95 seconds in his heat of the 200 meters earlier. And you see his raw speed making up the stagger already on Griffin, although Witted is running well right now. That is Witted on the outside and red and white from NC State on the inside. Here comes Obadelli Thompson in the orange of UTEP, and he ran the same way in his heat. He saved something and then just barreled away to the finish line, easily taking a fine performance here. 20:36, an outstanding time for Thompson. Better than the American record. It was better than the American record, but you're not American, so you couldn't get that record, but you did get the NCAA yes. record. So yeah. uh, 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 before we, because uh, we want to, we have a book here, we have a lot to get to, yes. with questions, but just quickly give us some insight to, to that race and, and what your thoughts were. And, yeah, that was my first NCAA title. And I will tell you what's so amazing is the guy that came second, Rashawn Griffin from LSU. Mm-hmm. We raced the season before in the semifinals of the indoors. And I decided I was going to take it easy. So he won his heat and I came second. Yes. I missed making the finals by one one hundredth of a second because I was cruising. And I remember my coach coming up to me afterwards. What was that? And and he said, you know, coach, I was just taking it easy. I want to save everything for the finals. Yes. Right. So. That year, I had in my mind, I was going to run 20.47. So I already had a vision from the year before of setting the NCAA record. But because, as my coach said, you made a freshman mistake as a sophomore. Mm -hmm. And that taught me a really important lesson. And so going into that race, um, it was sort of redemption. And it was just something that I I felt at that particular point in time. It was already in my, my mind and in my spirit for a whole year. I trained for it and I just felt like, you know, it's time to manifest it. And, you know, God blessed and I was, was able to do it. Yes. So that was like the, the starting block for you to, that propelled you to your other championships and then over, overseas running. Before we get yep. to that in the tournament, did you study, was that something that you wanted to do in college or did you just come to that as, as you got out of school? Yeah. So when I went to when I went to university, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And, you know, my dad said, well, do something that is useful, something that you like. So my undergraduate degrees are in economics and marketing. And it wasn't until afterwards and after I finished my career that that the law came about. OK, so career. We saw you run. Um, we have this book here. You transition this 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 book, The yes. Secrets of a Champion Student Athlete. I'm telling you, even though this book um, has a lot of track and field information, it's very relevant for parents, for kids. And I would suggest you to go get this book. I'm so, halfway through so far. Yes. And if you go to the, um, please in the chat, Obadelli, tell them how they can go get this book. And also tell them how they ought to contact you to have you come speak to the universities on this topic. And I'm going to go to one of my uh, favorite chapters, uh, in this book, and this that chapter 
for me would be um it's chapter seven that I that no I'm sorry uh, chapter nine it says uh hold on here let me get my chapter nine here that I really was really excited about this yeah it says stay, stay in bounds when you're off, off the field if you can speak to people and the athletes because this is relevant for this book is relevant for not only for athletes but for people and then when you hear about this stay in bounds when you're off the field uh, you're talking about how social um control your social life before it ruins mm, you so are, could yeah. you mm. could you speak to that to to corporate corporate to executives to yep. and to into the athlete we're going to go quickly because we have only like 15 more minutes yeah. okay. we have a lot more to get to so let's talk yep. about that so it's, it's the principle of the things that often bring us down are not the main thing that we're focused on. It's often the, as people say, the ancillary or the other things. Yeah. So what I, I noticed was that um, I had several teammates and even in my life with various things, right? Where it's the things that you do away from the main thing. Yes. That can get you in trouble. The relationships, the, the relationships you have, the habits that you have right? That start to eat away at your time, start to eat away at your confidence, start to eat away at opportunities, right? These are the type of things that you need to keep in check. So the, the whole thing is, you know, once you go out of bounds, regardless of what you do out of bounds. So for example, you know, they're the lines and they track. If you step on the line mm -hmm. into another lane, it doesn't make a difference how fast you run, you're disqualified, right? right? All the hard work just goes down the drain. If you, if you make a shot from you know, a basketball and you're outside of, yes. you know, the, the lines of the court, it doesn't count, even if it's amazing. And in life, that's often it. You have to learn the rules of what, you, what is required. And then you have to learn within those parameters, right? To ensure that you get the most within those parameters while not letting things that are external to that compromise your ability to do that. So, so particularly within this book for college student athletes, we talk about everything from drinking to sexual relationships, romantic relationships to, you know, interpersonal violence, which is a, a big thing and, and so many other things. And that applies because th the thing about it is we're humans, right? So just because we can do something or some things well, doesn't mean that we do all things well. Yeah. And uh, the challenge of course, is to figure out and, and to manage everything and provide balance to your life so that you don't, like I said, compromise the things that you're good at and that you want to do, often um, unintentionally. Well, thank you for sharing. For yes, something like that. I mean, that was really, that, that, was, that was excellent. I, I think that if anyone has any questions, raise your hand, put in the chat, chapter 11. Oh yeah. That train, like train and compete like a champion. Like a champion. And even though you're not an athlete, you have to be the champion of your life. So in business, you know, uh, you have a quote here that says, to win the big one in college, you must bring more than uh, bring more to the table than your dreams and your natural athletic talent. Yes. Same thing in business. Mm -hmm. In order to be successful in business, you have to bring more than your degrees. And so yeah. could you speak to that for, for a business person right now, Obadelli. Yeah, it, it's the same thing. And these, like I talked about, I believe God has put universal principles that once you figure out what those principles are and you align yourself and you become yes. more comfortable and they become habitual, then you're able to maximize more of your potential and also help others. And I think that's one of the big things is to realize that, you know, I, I put in the book, book something that my dad said to me when I finished university and he said, the world owes you nothing. And I remember <laughs> I took it, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Coming out of university, my first contract was terrible. Even though I was ranked number five, yeah. I was ranked yeah. number four in the world, and I thought it was insulting and all this other <laughs> stuff. My dad said the world owes you nothing, which was something that I, you know, I was I was hoping you would say, you know, right, son, you know, <laughs> they don't understand. And, yeah. and the truth about it is that it really doesn't. And people, you would like for them to recognize your talent, recognize your vision, yes. recognize all the, but the, but the reality is whether people are, as they say, haters or people don't get it, or, you know, it's a matter of timing, the world doesn't owe you anything. So you have to go out there and get it. And I think that's the big thing to realize that it's given to those who go out to fight for it. Sometimes mm -hmm. the fight is easier. Hopefully you're developing the mindset and skills and the, the relationships to make it easier. 
but there at some stage there's going to be a fight some stage you're yeah. going to have to just put your head down mm-hmm. and do the hard work where it's not pretty it, it, you know it, it's the the stuff that's not sexy no one may I've ever give you a pat on the back but it has to be done because if you don't do it it will never come that's to right. fruition and just like Sherwetta said, this stopwatch <laughs> is manage your time, manage your clock, manage yep. your life, manage everything. So when I put myself on a time thing early in the morning, especially when I'm about to hit the gym, I know how far it is to get to the gym. I know when I get there, I got to get ready. I know what my workout is going to be. I know what weights I want to lift. I do all these things. But before I wouldn't do that as a 16, 17-year-old guy running track. I'm trying to outlift everybody in there and I'm ripping my shoulders <laughs> up. I'm, I'm, my thighs are hurting. Yes. T, you can't lift 200. I'm 145. I'm trying to lift yeah, 200. Yeah, yeah. But now in my life, when I'm training my athlete or I'm training anybody, I trained over a thousand firefighters. And when I looked at them, the first thing I told them that they had to do is give me numbers of yourself. Tell me how much you weigh. Tell me what your blood pressure is. Tell me what your sleeping habits are. Tell me how many calories you eating. You give me all that stuff and I'll write a program for you. Because I can't just say, go out and run two miles when you got a bad knee or, you know, something. You got asthma. I don't know anything about you. So, man, Joetta, keep this. This thing has been in my book bag since Talitha was a freshman in high school. I never miss a meet without this stopwatch. That's That's my lucky stopwatch. And, you know, and, and it, the star watching is, is clicking yes. down on our time. But, uh, I mean, again, put in this how they can get this book, how they can contact you for speaking engagements. Um, we should really partner to do something together. But I think there's a lot of information from athletics to business that we both have, have come uh, that way. And time owners has this knowledge base as well as an athlete, retired firefighter. We all retired from sports, but we're still giving back to people and making a difference. So this book, Secrets of a Champion, student athletes, uh, a reality check. This quote, business and athletes, you can't fulfill your purpose if you always follow others' opinions, comments, or actions, no matter who they are. So you have to believe in Mm -hmm. yourself. And sometimes you're gonna get negativity from people in your circle. You can't start that business. Why do you wanna go to that school? Um, Your coach sometimes may not give you the, 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 the encouragement, your parents, your friends. But God puts that seed inside of you for a reason. And it can be both if surrounded by the right people. So yep. it's important that in, in business and in sports that you surround yourself with people who are going and doing the things that you're doing. And, yeah. uh, you know, sometimes he always says, be who you're meant to be. And as a high schooler and as a college kid, you may not really know who you're meant to be. And sometimes even as, as a grown woman or man, you're still thinking, oh man, I'm not supposed to do that. Or mm-hmm. you're questioning that, but be who you're supposed to be, put the work in and uh, you will be the champion of, of your life. So again, Secrets of a Champion, Student Athletes. Uh, this is a great book. He put in there how you can get it, even though it says student athletes, parents. And if you're not an athlete, there's information that you can use for business. The reality checkpoints that are in this book, it is a much have so thank you for giving me my autographed copy but not only did you give it to me i had to read it because you can't just i tell people if i'm going to give you my book you have to (laughs) if you want to buy it you don't have to read but i'm giving it to you you must read it and it was just so cool to see you you know we were sitting we came to you we saw you sitting there your daughters and we came over and so so we sat there and we're kind of nervous because um joetta always gets like that the beginning of the season when her daughters compete it's just a comp- it's getting in shape. So jo- yeah. Joetta wants everything to be like, I yeah. said, Joe, it's April. Come on, don't. don't it's early. It's early. <laughs> and you know what, too? You know, we have to respect, you know, when you're with your family, you know, I, yeah, I like, yeah. you know, I'm at a meet or whatever. I'm I'm telling this yeah, mom. Yes. So you're, there's a spectator. But even though I know you, I'm like, okay, I need to be respectful of that with this, you know, with the kids. So that's important. So thank you for yes. letting me in your circle with the because I could just like I'm here for Talitha, you know. I can't yeah. I can't yeah. really get involved though, because they want to know questions about workouts and all of that stuff. And that's oh, not what man. I want to know yes. how you were doing. You had the book, so that was really great. Do we have any questions from anybody? Any questions? Any comments? Please raise your hand and put it in the chat. Uh, over and, the other- and, and before and be, yeah, just to because I have it written in the chat. I'll, I will type how they can get it, but it's oh, the book's okay. available on all major platforms. 
Uh, it's available on Amazon. It's also, I believe, Apple. It's available on Kobo, a bunch of other things. And we did a, an audio book because one thing that I realized, I'm a person, I, I read a lot for work. So I tend to listen more to the audio book. Okay. And I found that especially, you know, with younger people, it, it becomes harder, even though we want to encourage them to, to pick up a book. The truth about it is a lot of people don't like to read. So the audio book, it's about four and a half hours long at regular speed, but the information is there. And, you know, I, I call it a, a, a labor, a, a work of a labor of love. Yes. Is, is that what you call it? Well, yeah. We're going to call it that. Yeah. And, and it's something that, that I feel extremely proud about. And it's, you know, a lot of research went into it, uh, picking people's brains and, and, you know, studying about, you know, the science of, of the mind and how people yes. learn and how people sleep and th things like that. And then condensing it into, into just an, an easily readable package where you can pick it up and flip to any page. What I did there is all these things, these breakouts called reality checks that you can just flip through the book and, and just get a reality check. And that's the purpose. It's, it's, I call it like a pocket mentor because a lot of people don't have a mentor with them. So it's, it's a way that you can just pick it up, look at a page or two, hopefully be inspired by it um, and maybe pass it on to, to someone else. And, and that's really the purpose of the book. And Mike, if you're still on, this would be a great book for your uh, athletes to yes. get. Uh, it's very easy to read. They can make notes, they can keep a journal. And for yep. those who are in business, it keeps you accountable. So we're gonna use this book for our business people. It's gonna be your accountability partner. So you don't have to go pay a coach 120 a, a, a mm -hmm. session. You can buy this book and be accountable to yourself. So that, that'd, be, that'd be really good. Now I see that it was um, in Columbia, South Carolina in 2021, when you wrote the book or it was published. No, so, so, so this is the second edition. The first second edition. Uh, edition came out in 2011. And then what happened was I went to law school and I, you know, so I did that. My focus entirely shifted. And then what with the pandemic coming around to the That's pandemic right. time, what was happening is, you know, I'm talking to athletes and, and I'm realizing with young people, I'm talking to the coaches and realizing, hey, there are new sets of issues. And, and maybe, you know, maybe it's time to, to revisit this. Because now there's social media. At first, when this came out, there was no Instagram. There was, you know, YouTube was barely a thing. Yes. No real Twitter or anything. And I think now you're seeing the effects of social media so much more on young yes. people's lives. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to update it because they live in a different world than we. It's the same, you know, same physical world. Yeah. But the digital and technology, te technolo digital age and technology that's available to them and, and the, the unique stresses for them um, are, are so different. You talked about how do you find your identity? Well, it was different when we were younger because guess what? You had your family, you had people in your neighborhood, you had your community if you're involved in church or these type of things. Those give you a sense of identity. Now we live in a world where people we've never met from different countries, from different right. states, from all over are influencing us and our kids and it's so much harder to, to have that identity of who am I. So there's a chapter in there uh, which specifically talks about being true to yourself and learning about yourself and, and stepping away from all that type of stuff so that you can listen to your inner voice and figure out who you are, which is really important to plot in the path for your life. Right. That's what you said, inner voice. And my inner voice is is telling me that it's come. We come to the end, and my inner voice is telling me we needed two hours with him. Yeah, we do. So, so, how about that? so then his inner voice says <laughs> we need two hours. My inner voice says we come to an end. I hope your inner voice is saying I'll come back. So, absolutely <laughs> good. And when you come back next time, we'll be able to go in more detail with your amazing career and and all of that. But look, on this show, I told you, on this show, you tune in to hear conversations with people that are leading authorities. And you leave this show more informed mm -hmm. than you were last time. And I can definitely say for the athletes, for the student athletes, for the parents, and for the business people on this show, you had to have left here with more information, more knowledge, more enthusiasm, and motiv more motivation to be the champion of your life. So the secrets of a champion, a student athletes, like, you know, all, you all there, uh, Obadelis put everything yeah. in. I don't know what and when, but we're going to plant the seeds of us doing a conference all over the country, speaking to parents about your book, about being uh, uh, ha having a coach, being a parent, being a student athlete. We're going to put it all together 
So we're going to um, put that seat out there and we're going to get a sponsor and take this show on the road. Yes. You know, we always say we write things down and it comes to yeah. fruition. Yeah. Obadeli, do you have any closing remarks? And then we're going to my great yes. co-host and we'll see what he has to say in the back end as well. Yeah, well, thank you all for having me. Um, I, it was a real honor to be here. We barely scratched the surface, so God willing, we'll be able to, to do a lot more. I will encourage those who have not subscribed and hit the notification bell to do that to, to the Joe Time uh, YouTube channel and to the Be Extraordinary podcast. There's some yeah. great episodes. I watched a couple of them. <laughs> and once again, thank you all. Be safe. And uh, hopefully we can do this again soon. Thank you. Absolutely. We're not leaving. Yeah. No, you stay right there, Obadeli. Tyrone Johnson, what do you have to say in closing? He has a smiley face up there. You're because like, it's nice to time. be back in the studio because, Joetta, those 90 hot days of summer. Yeah, I loved it. I did too, but it was, it up. we were hot and at the track meet when we were in Eugene. The sun Morgan. was following us. I mean, we were, it was good races, yes. but man, I was turning three colors every day. Oh gosh, yeah. so he looked like a shirt. Yeah, I was. I love it. <laughs> I totally yeah. smiling because he's yeah. looking like a shirt. Well, look, these nuggets that you gave yes. us, oh my, yeah. my A's, well, I'm sorry. I know you our A's. A's. Our A's, you see, our, our A's. A's. Athlete, academic, that's one. And then advocate, ask, uh, and then you apply. apply. So those are the A's that you're going to use in business and in sports. And at Joe Time Fitness, we always say we meet you where you are. And uh, it doesn't matter what, what, what road you take, but what you become along the journey. Thank you all for taking this journey along with us on our 43rd episode. We're back in studio. We will see you again in a couple of weeks. Remember, uh, stay, uh, go to our YouTube channel and Facebook channel to find out more. Again, we want you to su subscribe, and that's the subscription information. Anybody that's a sponsor that wants to contact us, you can go to our email um, address, which is uh, joetimefitness at gmail.com. That's joetimefitness at gmail.com. I like your own. Oh, well, thank you. And subscribe to our Extraordinary sure Podcast. Yes, you did. You like my arms. I like your arms too. Oh, but Dilly, we didn't see your arms, but I know you got some muscles underneath that jacket. <laughs> thank you for dressing the park. But most yeah. importantly, thank you for being here with us on the Be Extraordinary Podcast, where we meet you where you are. We're done and we'll see you soon. See you soon. Good night. <laughs>